When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hello, welcome back to the White Lotus Podcast here on Post Show Recaps. It's the Feedback Variety Hour, my favorite. My name is Ariel, and I am joined by my co-host, as always, Dr. Amanda. How are you? I am doing great. This is our Variety Hour. Does that mean that we only have an hour to talk, Ariel? What happens if we go uh, over? No, it's like an hour, but like not including ads. So okay. like we can go as long as we want, mm-hmm. really. We decide and we wait. Mm-hmm. We, it's really like up to the broadcast networks to decide okay. how long they want to cut us. That's, that's their problem. Um, but this episode had a lot of, uh, I wouldn't say maybe teenage angst, but like mm. early adult angst. These people, mm-hmm. fe- these these younger characters feel like they might as well be teenagers. So we <laughs> needed someone to come in, queen of the 90s, someone who's very familiar with teenage angst. Somebody who is never a drip, not depressing, <laughs> always very, very fun to talk to. We have with us today the great Jess Sterling. Buongiorno. Ciao, ciao. <laughs> Bonjour to you as well, Jess. How are you doing? (laughs) I am so thrilled to be here. I have so many thoughts. I was okay. So I was very, very excited specifically about this episode when I started watching it, because if I wasn't like hiding my face behind a pillow, cringing at some of these scenes, I was like shouting at my TV screen, like, yes, come on. Mm -hmm. Like it had everything and it's (laughs) completely solidified lucia and mia as like oh my god top of the pack in terms of total queens yeah entertaining just Mm -hmm. entertainment pure entertainment killed me the entire episode and they're really like stirring the pot right now jess like they're the ones that they're involved with everybody they're making trouble for Harper and Ethan. They're making trouble for Dominic. They're getting mixed up with Albie. They're drugging the uh, musical entertainment. They're really like, (laughs) they're really the catalyst of a lot of the action in this episode. Yeah, and I especially love um, that at this point, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on her name. What's the the name of the the woman who like runs the hotel? Valentina. Uh, Valentina. Valentina, that she has just kind of given up on trying to get them out. She's just like, she sees them in the hallway and she's like, oh, Benjorno. Like, <laughs> just like, you're still here. I um, love that she's throwing snide remarks at her, at them. But like, I agree with you. It's, it's, she's, she's given up because she can't do anything. She tried, but then they're guests. Like, they're guests. I'm in not the hotel. gonna, I'm not gonna like pretend that I don't know uh, exactly who you are um, yes but we want to hear from you who you are you should subscribe to the uh white lotus 
podcast feed, search White Lotus Pusher Recaps. Uh, if you need the URL for your podcast catchers, it is pusherrecaps.com slash White Lotus. Subscribe, rate, review. It's super helpful. We already got the third season, like I said last time, but like, you know, you want to be invited like a VIP guest. So we want to get Pusher Recaps. <laughs> we need our third season too. That's why we need your ratings and reviews. <laughs> like HBO renewed it. That doesn't mean like I, <laughs> HBO doesn't pay me. They don't hire me. So you need to give us our five star reviews and ratings mm-hmm. and subscribe so that um, you know, this, so that our personal Valentina, Josh Wiggler, will renew us for another season. <laughs> yeah. He's, Don't pull a Cameron and give us four stars mm. and then later come back and give us that extra star. Like, I have desk. to go to the bank to get the other I'm gonna star. Leave this, I'll leave it at I'll the front desk for you. <laughs> front desk. <It's> so stupid. Full <laughs> uh, five stars at the beginning up front paid in yes. full. Mm-hmm. And if you want to pay in full and become a Pusher Recaps patron, you get ad-free podcasts of the White wow. Lotus. So I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Wow. It's, it's there for you if you want it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Let's get into our angst. Yeah. I'm very excited. I'm feeling very angsty all of a sudden. <laughs> there is so – oh, my gosh. There's so much here. I I think, like, the, the Porsche Albi like situation mm. really came to a head this episode. And I don't know if this is a spicy take, but I'm like, I, I'm not feeling Albi anymore. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the situation. Okay. I feel like we're, because we know who his father, we know about his father. We know about his grandfather. We know like he is in these like weird, he's in this third generation in this three generation family trip. Um, and he, it seems like he's like trying to like tell his, like get, inform his, his grandparent and his father about like, no, this is the way of the world now. Like try to be a little bit more, you know, um, woke or whatever. But part of me is also like, he feels like after he spent like two days hanging out with Portia that like she owes him something like she owes him her time. And at, at a certain point, I'm just like, oh, we just like read the room, bro. Just like read the room a little bit. Like Portia doesn't want to hang out with you and listen to you talk about Stanford. Like she wants to go have fun with Jack and his cute little underwears. Like she just, that's what she wants to do. She's here for the fun. Yes. Okay. So Jess, I hear you. And I was very much on that page at the end of episode three, but let's just play devil's advocate yes. here. For Uno Momento. And um, <laughs> at the very beginning of this episode, Portia does tell Albie that she wishes that they had spent the other night together and basically tells him that she wants to hang out and have a date with him today. Is that not a signal oh, she is, from yeah. Portia that she is interested she is sending mixed signals abound mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. I think this is what it is. If I could like just take myself out of my body and like read what is happening with Portia right now, mm-hmm. she is in a terrible situation. She is stuck with her boss, her needy, greedy baby boss, mm-hmm. like in Italy, in a beautiful location, listening to her boss whine constantly. So she's looking for any out possible, right? Like she's on the move. She is on the hunt for a way to get out of this situation. She sees Albie and she's like, oh yeah, let me go get, <laughs> let me go get some fruit. Okay. And freaking Tanya's just staring at her the entire time. 
part of me is like, yeah, she was doing that because it's kind of like, well, I could be in this awful, awful situation mm-hmm. or this like, yeah, okay, decent situation with a guy that like, I don't, I, I really don't think she's attracted to LB at all. And he's a great looking guy. Like this is not me saying he's not a good looking Did guy. Did that fruit happen to be a peach by any chance? <laughs> oh my God. Um, his badonk does work though. And let me tell you, HBO giving us man butt constantly. I'm here for it. That is the HBO way. You will see man butt in, in most HBO prestige I love television. it. Give me all the man butt in the world. Like We yes. are owed after generations of non-man butt. Yes. This is no. just starting to scratch. Man butt are the new boobs. Um, is- that's <laughs> truly. That's true. Yeah, we are being paid our dues. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, we have we like we have had like free the man butt. We have seen breasts mm-hmm. abound on HBO for years, and now mm-hmm. we're just getting paid what we're owed. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I think with Albie that she's just not attracted to him in the same way. I think he's just very safe for her. Like he is a type that maybe you maybe you date, right? Like you date Albie. So you yes. don't have a one night stand. You don't have a vacation fling with Albie. So this is why we needed to have Jess come in and talk about this episode because you have podcasted about Boy Meets World. You've podcasted about Dawson's Creek. Like you have encountered multiple of these love triangles, right? Where like Right. The the woman or the girl is deciding between sort of the safe choice, the dependable um, boyfriend and the bad boy who's maybe a little bit riskier, maybe isn't going to be treating you as well. But the guy who makes you more excited. Are we looking at this sort of classic teen drama love triangle play out here in The White Lotus? I think that's exactly what it is. Like, I think when you boil it down, that's exactly what it is. Albie is someone you date. Albie is someone you introduce to your mom. Albie is like a cute, smart guy. He went um, to Stanford. Seems, yeah, he went a, a million times. He's going to tell us he went to Stanford. And like, yeah, he is the guy who probably won't cheat on you, who will be very dependable and loyal and save you a beach chair to sit on. Like, just very kind. But like, is that exciting? No. Like, we know what Portia is looking for. Like, she wants excitement. She's talked about this. Like, she just wants to go out and live and have fun. And, like, you're telling me a boy from Essex is going to come up to you with that cute British accent talking about how he's wearing his fancy underwears tonight and you're not going to be all in on that guy? Get out of here. She she's has tattoos. Oh, she's only human, Jess. It's, That's what I'm saying. She has no – he's a fit bird. He's so fit. Um, what killed me the most was when they when they eat dinner together, and he's just like, "Oh, I changed my underwear for you," and she's like, "What did you shit yourself?" And like, <laughs> I was like, "Portia is me. I am Portia. This is how we flirt." Did you shit she, yourself? She is so much more fun. Like even taking taking the boys out of the equation partially, it's like if you just watch Portia's behavior herself when she's interacting with the two of them, she is a much more fun version of herself with Essex boy than with, uh, than with Albie. But what I think is interesting about what she said at breakfast is like, that screams to me of she's not like, mourning that she didn't uh hang out with Albie more she wishes that she felt that way it's like i That's wish that i 
felt like I wanted to hang out with you, but I didn't. And I still don't. But like, like you said, Jess, I'm looking for this life raft. So I guess I feel this way, but I'm not sure. To put it in Dawson's Creek terms for anybody who has seen it, like Albie is the Dawson and um, Mm. Jack is the Pacey. Mm -hmm. And like, if you're like, okay, when, when she's having this like really big issue by the pool, she's like crying. She's upset. She's stuck in Italy with her terrible boss. Like, the Dawson, Albie, is like, you know, comforting her. Are you okay? What's going on? Jack would be like, let's jump in the pool right now, fully clothed. Let's go. Like, he's going to lift you up by sensitive being nips fun. Be damned. Yes, sensitive nips be damned. He's mm-hmm. going to do what's fun. And I think that when you're on vacation, when you're, right, she's a young 20-something. When you're on vacation, you want what's fun. And so I just think... We haven't seen it yet. I think we're still in the sympathy moment for Albie where we're like, oh, we feel bad for him. Like he seems to like Portia and he's stuck with his like annoying dad who's a terrible cheater and his grandfather who's just like very out of touch. Um, And so he wants to like meet someone and have fun with them. But I just feel like we're going to get to a point with Albie where he, I don't know, the wounded bird comment comment really just put me red on flag. edge yep. and was a red flag of like oh no he is the quote-unquote nice guy and he has nice guy itis and feels like he is owed something because he put in time and effort to get to know Portia and now he feels like she owes him time you know to spend with him to sit on the beach chair instead of hanging out with Jack right it's very head versus heart like the argument for giving Albie a chance is very intellectual like he checks the boxes he's cute he's nice he's smart he went, to Stanford. He went oh wait, is that where he went Ariel I wasn't <laughs> sure where he went yeah. to college. I thought it was SUNY Potsdam but no it was Stanford um but like the argument for Jack is like much more like emotional it's lust it's fun and you can tell like with Portia's character that she's maybe somebody who has really gone down an intellectual rabbit hole maybe during the pandemic being at home stuck with her job thinking about her life and she wants to break away from that and Albie is the guy who like feeds that and Jack is the guy who you know actually pulls her out of her head and gets her in her body gets her in the pool yeah gets her in bed um and that's what she needs to kind of break out of that like doom scrolling being sucked into the discourse type of thing that she's complained about in previous episodes Yeah, and I think the vacation point especially is important that Jess pointed out because this whole thing is on vacation. So I think sometimes it's easy to to forget that lens of it, of just like how we see. We've spoken before many times of like how we see ourselves when we are on vacation, the expectations versus the reality versus what we should be doing or what we could be doing and what's the more fun thing that we could be doing. I want to be different. I want to try something else. And as Lucia said, you usually are like, let's fun. That's what I want. Yeah. Yeah. You want, you want to have fun. And I think I've watched too many Mary Kate and Ashley movies where <laughs> I just dream of going on vacation, right? I'm a young 20 something. I'm on vacation. I meet this cute boy and he shows me the whole, like shows me Italy and we may or may not fall in love, but it's definitely going to be a good time. Like uh-huh. has everybody else seen passport to Paris? Cause that was my expectation <laughs> when I was a teenager going on vacation. And I just think that that's what Portia wants. Mm. And there's two yeah. of you, and he may potentially not be able to tell you apart. Yeah. Inside of you, there are two Olsen twins. Oh. Um, <laughs> okay, so 
On the other side, Jess, of Portia and Jack, we also have Lucia and Albie. So Albie has a new love interest in this episode. What do we think about Lucia and Albie as a pair? <laughs> I just, it's so incestuously gross. Like it's, <laughs> it's like, you never want father son to be Eskimo brothers. Like, it's oh, just God. not okay. <laughs> Just no, Mike Bloom was on last week. What's happening? <laughs> it's so true, though. Uh -huh. And the worst part is that they could have stopped it, right? Because, like, we have um Albie's grandfather who's like, oh, look, Albie is hanging out with the girls I saw coming up. Well, what room. does Dominic do at this point? That he chugs his wine. That's what he's <laughs> Dominic could have done. He texts that... his son and and is like, I think I... all he does needs to do is is text his son because I don't think Albie has any idea that Lucia no. is a sex right. worker. Absolutely, agree a hundred percent. And Which so in a... you text him, and but you're isn't like, isn't that better? Like, isn't it better than him being like, oh hey, this is a girl that I hired. You know, when we were home in San Francisco and I was trying to get back together with your mom, I was also <laughs> setting up this sex worker to come this and visit DM me in the hotel. And now this woman that you met that you think you've hit off something really sweet with is actually the sex worker that I've been sleeping with for the past two nights. Like how, <laughs> how does that make anything better? Jess? No, I think there's a way you do it. I think. Okay. So where they're sitting, they can see Lucia uh, and um, Albie. Yes. And I think all he needs to do is text his son and be like, Hey, if that's the girl you were talking about, like she is kind of dressed like a sex worker, and maybe you should be careful. But that's no, I mean, either no. way, it all sounds terrible. As as bad as that would be, or I guess good, depending. It it also betrays Dominic's like I am a changed person, right? It it, it shines a light yeah. on the fact that he would know that whether whether you can say the quote unquote common person would know that or not or suspect. Well, that's the, the that's last what thing I was Dom wants is to about. remind his son that that is and his, then like habit. If I was Albie, I'd also be like. Ew, my gross dad is trying. <laughs> You're just to... jealous, dad. No, it, it, it just could, could, it could like... backfire. Yeah. yeah, it would definitely like I, I think that I would see that as judgment or my dad not being woke or judging this woman for the way she for dresses. Way she's and it's like none of that is good. And I think Albie in the in the sort of state is he's in and his current relationship with his dad is not going to be like, oh, Thanks, Dad. Thanks for looking out. Thanks, <laughs> Dad, for letting me know. I just think that my I, new girlfriend looks like a prostitute. <laughs> but I think the because here's the thing, and this is not me. This is me saying what um what that character would say. Um, what is his name? Dominic. I honestly don't yeah, know Dominic is Michael Imperioli's character. Um, so that uh that Dominic would I think not only think that but would also say that. So it feels realistic that he would say that. But I feel like it's worse to let Albie, like, again, get a BJ from <laughs> Lucia mm -hmm. and then, oh, he's going to owe her money. Like, that's a thing that's well, going to well, happen. Well, here's that's what I love. Yeah. Here's what I love. That's a great distinction. And here's what I actually love about Albie and Lucia together is the effect that they have on each other. Because Albie, this episode was way, way more interesting. Like in the eyes of Lucia, yeah, he's like this innocent puppy, basically. Again, especially compared to some of the She's men like, that I found I'm my next mark. Used to dealt with, dealt with. But I actually think that she is enjoying that innocence. And to her, it's like, 
I want to have this fun just in an innocent way. It, in like a way of like, I'm not going to charge him. I'm potentially not even going to reveal that that's something that I do. That's my work because she's enjoying the way he is treating her, yes. the way that he sees her as just like a regular woman and hasn't like branded her like, oh, she's a sex worker. So I'm going to treat her a certain yeah. way. So this idea of like that they you, see Ariel. each other in this they kind of make each other better. I have never found Albie more interesting. And it's because yeah, of Lucia. Like she's such a great character. And of course she makes him more fun. And um, he really enjoyed his present at the end. And I think This is great. fascinating because I, I'm of two minds with Lucia, right? I find her absolutely riveting. Anytime mm-hmm. she's on my screen, I want to know more. I think the fact that she is pulling away from what she does for work and the fact that she feels like a sense of shame about which again like this is the society's problem more than it is lucia's problem of shaming women for what they're doing with their bodies Mm -hmm. but like she feels a sense of shame about it and she even says to mia like what are we doing like what am i doing i'm a terrible influence i've like brought you into this i've made you a monster Um, women who do this always get punished we get punished in the end yeah and so she's in a sense pulling away from that line of work while mia is really leaning in Mm -hmm. um but that's a really fascinating point in that like i it didn't even dawn on me that she might actually like albie and nothing against albie it was more of like it felt like she's just finding who's available right like there's a man he looks lonely he looks like he could use me as like a little bit of a little Again, not all sex workers are like always giving their bodies. It's sometimes giving emotional support or like just being there for someone. And it felt like that was what she was doing, especially in the scene when they're in the water mm-hmm. <laughs> and Mia comes up and she's like, which one is the Viagra? And she's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? I can't hear you. Um, it felt like and she's like, what did she want? And she's like, oh, I don't know. She always needs something. I don't even care. And it felt very, <laughs> it felt very like. She's like, nope, forget her. It's just me and you. I'm here for you, you know? Well, I, I do think that, and and obviously we're, we'll see, you know, what happens in the next episode. And I think it is ambiguous. But I think that there's a strong possibility that for Lucia, this was pleasure, not business. I think that we see her in this episode like really re-examining what she's been doing, what she's doing with her life, feeling guilty about it. And I do think that it's Albie's innocence and his interest in her talking about her English they talk about how she wants to go to Los Angeles like if you can remember when she tried to have that conversation with Dominic he was like uh I'm in a weird place and I don't really want to talk right now let's mm-hmm. just have sex like yeah, no this emotional is, connection this was much more like I think what you said Ariel of her just being a young woman meeting a young guy and having like kind of this innocent flirtation that sort of turns into something more so I'm very I, I, I I'm very open to the idea that this is like Lucia is not going to charge him for uh, her time and that this is something that she's entering into um, in a much more you know sort of like for her own you know romantic interest and he's crazy tall like that's not nothing <laughs> I'm not saying I, I let me say I'm not saying Albie is not attractive. This the actor no, 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 is right, he's course, a very attractive this is all guy. About per- it's all about personal preference. Yeah, I, I I'm very open to seeing it from that point of view. It just didn't really dawn on me because Lucia has like from the beginning, right? Like when they get kicked out of 
Dominic's place. They're like, well, what are we going to do now? And so it felt like, oh, very instinctual for her to find the next like lonely guy to move on to. But you're right in that. I do think the scene at the bar um, where we have Portia and Jack making out and Albie like stops mid sentence. And of course, Lucia picks up on it that like he sees her making out with someone else and he gets this like pang of jealousy. She's like, well, we're not going to let them win. And I thought that was a very kind gesture mm-hmm. um, on her part, because from what we know of Albie, again, this is where Albie and Jack differ greatly is Albie being someone who is very like a uh, liberal minded, very much of today's world asks for consent before he kisses right mm-hmm. are you okay with me kissing you um even when he's getting the bj from lucia he's like i'm about to finish is that okay um so, such a generous <laughs> he's, so, he's a gentleman he's a gentle he's a gentle lover uh-huh. oh um, ladies hopefully you can find yourself a man who gives you a little heads up that's he's like he in in that case is that scene especially he's like the the little bird right that he's he like is the little bird mm-hmm. and that's the thing is like he is very kind and he's and he's never going to be the one to like ish like to 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 start the kiss without asking if it's okay and i think lucia knows that right and so she is like she's like no we're gonna show them what's what like we're gonna make her they're not gonna win Let, let's kiss and i thought that was very like mm-hmm. kind of her and so i'm definitely open to seeing it from from your both point of view i just i didn't even consider it because i'm just like she's just trying to get by like she's just trying to be a lady in the world like getting by on what she can so this is interesting because Lucia kn- knows who Albie is right yeah. i mean she has seen him with dominic with Bert, she knows that this is Dominic's son. Um, it's gotta come to pass that Albie's gonna find out about Lucia, right? It, it has to, and I think on some level that's part of that's the other part of the excitement. Like I think it's absolutely true that she's enjoying the way that Albie is treating her, but I think also she's like having fun playing with that fire of the danger of like everyone of like Dominic finding out and also well I think Dominic more, right? Because she might feel a little bit slighted by him and perhaps isn't like it it enters her mind that Dominic could be upset and I don't think that's the reason she's doing it at all. Like I think it organically just comes up. Yeah. But she's she seems like a smart aware person. And I think it's like, ooh, this is this is potentially exciting. It's not yeah. boring. Well, that and she doesn't we never got the vibe that there were ever, ever any like romantic feelings between her and Dominic. It was always very like transactional. Very much. Um, yes. And so I don't think there's ever like jealousy there. But I will say if if we're leaning more towards the side of she doesn't really have true feelings for Albie or maybe she's treating it more like a job. She knows Dominic has money. And therefore, Albie, as his son, also has money and like has money to spend, right? Like if if even if it's not like a sexual type of thing, even if she's just hanging around with him, going with him places, like mm-hmm. he's there and he has money. It's interesting to me that Lucia originally felt like more of the daredevil between her and Mia. But this episode, it very much flipped where Mia is the one who's taking her time getting ready in Albie's grandfather's room. And Lucia is like, come on, we have to go. Like, we can't get caught. 
it's almost like the roles have completely reversed. Yeah, yeah. No, Lucia created a monster, and that monster <laughs> is is Mia. Um, uh-huh. This was a really, a really great episode for her. Like, I wonder, Jess, like, do you have any thoughts about where this could go for Mia now? Because, like, she tries to shoot her shot, and <laughs> she, like, almost m- maybe murders Giuseppe. You talked about like Lucia creating a monster and the, the mm. monster possibly took this man's heart like, and stepped yeah. on it. I was honestly surprised, just like you both were, that she didn't just sit at the piano and start playing without permission anyway. Mm. But I think that I think next episode we're going to see um, Mia as the piano player or the singer or, you know, whatever. I think she's going to be working at that hotel as a singer. I think they're not going to be able to get someone on short notice or something and she's already there. So they're just going to say, okay, by all means, like just do it. Um, but yeah, I don't think there's going to be any repercussions for her. I don't know if that guy died. I mean, I think he's at least going to have to be hospitalized, hospitalized, mm-hmm. but I thought it was interesting. I guess I didn't really think Fair. about the fact that she was like, Oh, he wanted only one pill. And she's like, no, take two. And I'm like, did he not see that they were different pills? Like if she was giving him one Viagra and one question mark, <laughs> whatever the yeah, other pill Molly, was. Perhaps. Yeah. I thought the same thing of just like, he was so excited. Also, he's a little older. Maybe his vision's not that all that great. Oh, that he, didn't even notice he was having double vision. Pills, yeah. That the pills were completely different shapes, at least based on like the close up that we got yeah. earlier. Um, yeah. But I, I love you Mia. I think she's very funny. Um, I love that she was like, come on, let's go do it now. And he brings her into a church and she's like, absolutely not. Like, no, like they're staring at me. Don't worry. It's deconsecrated, Jeff. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> and Amanda, when you said what she was saying, because again, we get we get the Italian translations mm-hmm. um, on screen. So we don't actually like, and sometimes it's not a one for one mm-hmm. in terms of translations. But when you said she just kept saying disgusting, disgusting, disgusting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, it absolutely killed me. She is one of the ones that um, in the very first episode, I, you know, she was just kind of there. She didn't really do much for me but Mia has slowly became one of like my favorite characters both from her wardrobe which is just like such a choice um she's mm-hmm. wearing like speaking of uh, Lucia wanting to to visit LA it's she's wearing California, California shirt. yes with the with the with the fringe and the beads it's yeah. like very Jersey Shore very healthy it is very Jersey Shore because she's literally standing on a beach in like these like uh, these like iridescent Uggs like mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just it's mm-hmm. so funny and I just think she's she's very fun I think she's the one who's at this point like living it up and so I wouldn't be surprised if she's also tagging along Um, if like Albie and Lucia start hanging out if she's tagging along as well Um, but yeah I'm really interested in seeing Mia more of Mia and more of like her rise to stardom because that's what I see for her Yeah, and I've I've brought this up before of like them for me being um like some uh, if not a stand-in like de- a definite comp for the two main characters in the My Brilliant Friend mm-hmm. series and HBO TV series, which again I always highly recommend. Um, and the the way I'm thinking about it here, like the way one of them has like dark hair, one of them has lighter hair, but more specifically and more importantly, the way that Lucia the the dark haired character like seems to affect the uh lighter haired character in this way that like kind of activates her changes the way she feels about herself and changes the way like she goes through the world it's it's very fascinating i love that 
I'm so glad you brought this up, Ariel, because as we've been talking, I've been thinking about, you know, something that I've wanted to talk more about throughout this series, but that Mia and Lucia have this like very sweet, warm friendship with each other. And like, we mm -hmm. see it at different points. Like one of the, um, one of the standout scenes for me is the first time we see, um, we see Mia play the piano and sing and you can see that like Lucy is watching her and it's just so proud and like so mm -hmm. overcome and like just enjoying her friend and like wishing the best for her. They always compliment each other on how beautiful they look. It's like really, really lovely. And then you take that and you contrast it with what Daphne is going to say about female friendships and what Tanya is going to say about what it means uh, to be a woman and to be friends with women. And it really I, it seems like that's a very meaningful contrast that we do have this female friendship, which is probably one of like the warmest and sweetest relationships in all of the White Lotus season two so far. Um, but then we have these other characters who regard female friendships with quite a bit of suspicion. Yeah. And that's also very, uh, uh, Lanu and, uh, God, what's her name? Elena. Uh, no, yes. Elena Greco Greco being the last name of mm -hmm. Lucia, Lucia Greco, which made yeah. me like think one of the things that made me think of my brilliant friend, but yeah, like you said, so supportive of each other women, uh, gen like these two women genuinely, genuinely liking, Liking each, I think this is like the more nuanced point, liking each other more than liking themselves, right? Like the way that they see the way that the other sees them, they see is the best higher yes. and and yeah. more lovingly than they see themselves, which I think is very important. Yeah, they give me big vibes of um friends since childhood. Um, who've always like it it feels like Lucia has always been the one who has gotten into trouble a little bit more, been a little bit more rambunctious, but that yes, Mia was always by her side. Of I'm sorry. I'm like freaking out. This is crazy. It's like we're talking about the other show at the same time. This is, this is incredible. This is incredible. It just feels like that though, right? Where like Lucia has been the one who's like maybe getting them into trouble, but Mia is always by her side and never mm -hmm. like refuses to not see the beauty in her. Um, Maybe despite the fact that she is a little bit more like a troublemaker. And I do want to know while we're talking about it, that these two actresses actually knew each other prior to <gasps> oh, filming and they auditioned together that's that adorable there are like six different layers like i know <gasps> That's so it's cute. But though I think you're so right, especially when you think even when we're not talking romantic relationships, we're just talking like relationships on the show. Mm -hmm. Theirs is like the only pure relationship when you think about it, because like you have a Harper and Ethan like getting having communication issues, like just like something is wrong there. Obviously, we've seen a lot between uh, Cameron and his wife and like the issues they have um, not all as well with tanya and her husband it seemed like there's like there's issues in every yes. single relationship cluster except for theirs for their them the issue is the way society perceives sex work and just the fact that like we don't know their background or anything like and women we, in general we, yeah. yeah we're left to understand that um that lucia would prefer to do something else she wants to have a shop yeah wants, yeah it's and true. so it's just like 
this is what she has to do is what it feels like. Again, I'm not trying to shame anybody. This is purely but from what the character is it's saying. It's like Giuseppe says, it's like the pretty girls like you get to the front of the line, oh, right? It's like they're using the capital that they have, which as, you know, somebody like Giuseppe thinks is just, you know, their bodies and their attractiveness and yeah. the things that they can do. Giuseppo the clown. I hate him. I was so upset with him. Like, like (laughs) not for nothing, but like if you're on top of a woman and she's going, ew, ew, ew. (laughs) How are you? How are you continuing? Like, how are you continuing to dry hump her when she is just obviously so not into it? I don't understand. And he's just like, oh yeah, I have a bit of an issue. And she's like, again, Mia, my favorite. She's just like, well, I don't want to have to do this again. She's like, there's no way. Like we've come this far and I've already like psyched myself out. There is no way I'm going to. I'm not letting you dry hump me again. Like we're finishing right now. Like Mm -hmm. right now. I'm not letting this. I'm not letting this church be re-consecrated. We're doing this now. (laughs) (laughs) Truly. And so, yeah, like I, I love Mia and Lucia. They feel like the purest characters. Yeah. Um, if that makes sense. Like they just, yeah. they just, I don't even know what it is. It's just like they exude happiness and joy and like, maybe they're not always happy. That's not what I'm trying to say. It's just, they exude life um, yes. as compared to some of these other characters who I feel like are a bit more dour. Um, at they times. do feel like the beating heart and the vitality of the show. And like similarly to, I think with season one, when we talked about like how Quinn, who is a very different type of character, like represented this youth and this future and this hope for something better. I think that we still, that we do get that from um, Lucia and Mia's characters. So they're really, really a delight. Yeah. I love them as opposed to like, and I, oh my gosh, my heart poured, like I just, my, my heart poured out for Harper. Mm-hmm. Um, This episode, a com- like the complete opposite side of the spectrum. We have Harper who is like very just um jaded and just very cynical about the world around mm-hmm. her and always seems to like be looking for all the angles and like, oh, they can't possibly be that happy. There must be something more to looking their relationship. Faults and picking it apart. Yeah. And then to, for her to find the condom and and I was so I I didn't mind Ethan in like the first couple of episodes I was like oh it seems like he just kind of got pulled along on this vacation and he seems like a decent enough guy but I don't know how dumb he has to be to not realize that when his wife is asking him three different times what happened last night that she already knows the freaking answer Ethan like your wife has asked you so many times how do you not reading her face and telling that she knows something and she's upset by it and she already knows what happened it just baffles me bro code Jess bro code I want to I just want to make what did he say I want to be inside of you you. (laughs) so this is my big this is my big question for you Jess did Ethan cheat on Harper? Uh, yeah, one thousand percent. He he didn't have sex with. Uh, I rewatched that scene, um, mm-hmm. from episode three because I wanted to double check. I remembered everything, and we see Cameron and Lucia having sex on the couch where the condom was found. Yes. However, it is this is not a situation of Mia kissed Ethan and he immediately was like recoiled and was like, "No, thank you." No, he kissed her back. 
And in my opinion, that is cheating. Everyone has different uh, interpretations of what cheating is, but there could be, there's, there's emotional cheating. Um, like this was definitely physical cheating. You kissed another woman and you not only kissed her, you lied about it to your wife. And that is to me even worse than like the one-off accidental kiss. So if, if, if the kiss happens and then Harper comes back and says what happened last night and Ethan just like tells her everything, all the details, everything, everything. Um, what do you think? Like, how do you think that that would have like played out versus what we see? I'm, I'm curious to think whether or not Harper would believe him. Um, it's interesting, right? She finds the condom now, I saw someone in our patron discord, pusherrecaps.com slash Patreon. Someone had mentioned like, oh, she would know what kind of condoms um, mm-hmm. Ethan has. However, we are just, uh, I guess, assuming that women don't carry condoms. So like you don't know that that's not from the woman that he slept right. with. But I think that Harper would definitely have had a different reaction in that they they maybe would fight it out a little bit versus her just bottling it up and like – it's eating away at her. You could see she just doesn't know how to process this information that the husband she thought she knew, right? We know they're they're new to being wealthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can very much change people. And I can only imagine that that's what's going on in her head is like, wow, my husband has really changed and he's not the person I thought he was. I think if he comes clean, though. It's so much it's so much more believable to be like, yeah, Cameron invited these two girls. I really didn't want them here, but they were here anyway. We got super drunk. He fucked one of them on the couch and I oops, I kissed someone like it, you know, but I think it's like better than letting this stew and letting her think something else for so long because you it's going to be so much harder. The the more lies he tells, the Mm -hmm. harder it is for him to come back from it. And he's lied three times. Also, he's not dumb, right? I mean, he's acting dumb, but he's not like a stupid person as far as what we've seen. The fact that she keeps asking, he finally says at the end of the night, he's like, what some version of what is it that you're worried about or what is it that you think happened? You kind of know because it happened like between what actually happened and what you worry that she might be suspicious of. He's gaslighting her. This is like, let's call it for what it is. Yeah, you have to know that she's suspicious of something. Clearly, she is. You shouldn't have to ask her. Yeah. So, you know, but you, you're being she... very, I don't even know which character he's being. I yeah. guess he's being like a little, a little bit of Daphne, a little bit of Cameron. He's being a little bit know. Cameron because. He's not being Harper because Harper would be like, oh, this happened. Like, like it would have just like yeah. come out, of, you know, exploded. To me, the fact that he is saying like, what exactly are you worried about? is very like he is gaslighting her because he knows what she's worried about and she has every right to be worried about it because it actually happened i really really was upset with him when he goes oh we met some men some women no one we're ever going to see again because to me the no one we're ever going to see again applies to the two women from the night before Mm -hmm. but don't try to make it seem like it wasn't women and that they weren't up here in your room it's really disrespectful to your wife when like this is obviously going to come out. There's no way this is going to be kept a secret forever. I think he's like trying to feel out what Harper suspects and what she knows so that he can like tailor his story Mm. accordingly. Like that's the vibe that I got when he's asking like, what are you worried about? Um, I mean, I think that it's very possible that Ethan would have been 
forthright about what happened and they would have fought it out and they would have made it through it. But I think that for whatever reason, he is kowtowing to what Cameron wants and not blowing up Cameron's spot here. Bro code, bro. Oh, you think the reason he didn't say anything was to, pr- to protect Cameron? Bro code. I think, that has, I think that has complicated it. I think like mm-hmm. he... He maybe was, of course, he was going to hesitate to tell Harper even outside of the promise he made. Like, let's say he hadn't made the promise. He he would have had a problem still telling her. But I think he has described him as honest to a fault. To though. a fault. So, like, I think it's really and again, it's really telling that he threw up right after he made that promise. So I think yeah. it, like, in some way goes against uh, what he stands for. But. It's not great. We, Ethan, we need you to do better. Harper needs you to do better yeah. because poor Harper, the way like her stress and anxiety about this is just manifesting itself in like the physical and like the way you called out Dr. Amanda, the way like the, the, the white noise, white Lotus, white noise gets like mm-hmm. amplified and she's kind of dissociating in a way mm-hmm. that Tanya could never like, this is actual dissociating. <laughs> Perhaps Tanya read a book. Um, but it, it's really hard to watch. It's so hard to watch her go down this really dark path. She's wearing yeah. sunglasses. She can't even sit still. She's mm-hmm. she's not herself. And she's yeah. just trying to avoid it. It's, it's really hard. Shout out to Aubrey Plaza. I thought like uh, she's been really stellar in all of these episodes. But this episode especially, I thought she really nailed... There, there's it, there has to be a lot of emoting in your face when you're being silent and when a lot of the work is happening behind the scenes with the cinematography and like you said the white noise you really are, have to work extra hard to like get across that emotion on screen um and I just thought like she looked both devastated and numb simultaneously in such a believable way of like yeah I just found out this really awful thing about my husband and I don't know what to do and you're expected to just go to dinner with these this other couple and you can't you have no time to even process what's going on yes i love your top it's so cute <laughs> so cute. i couldn't even fit into it two months ago oh baby wait <laughs> um so but for harper's part in this um ariel and jess i'm curious both of you um feel do we think that she handles this well like should like is hiding the condom and sitting on this and like keeping it to herself trying to see if Ethan like sort of testing Ethan to see what he will admit Mm -hmm. is this the right way to proceed it's the way that I'm laughing already (laughs) it's the way that I would have handled it so for me it was like Passive aggressive, Ariel. <laughs> no, I would say it's more Pisces emotional devastation. Like you don't it even is. know, you don't even know. Like you're still processing it, and and I think it's telling, right? Like, it, is there a world in which, like, yes, he he has done this thing that she believes he's incapable of, but is it because he she has been activated in some way by Daphne? Like, arguably, would she have handled this differently had it? had it happened before the night she spent in Noto. Mm -hmm. I think that's really interesting to consider. I think for sure, always, yes, the mature thing to do is like, this is how I'm feeling and this is why, and I really need to talk to you about it. But like, I'm human, sorry. But in this case, she, in my opinion, in this case, she is the victim. And so like, as long as she's not 
hurting another person, right? Like how she reacts is the right way for her. What she does is definitely not what I would have done. Again, Ariel says like that was the Pisces way to react. You cheat on a fire sign. Oh my God. Like the entire <laughs> building is in flames. Like I'm just telling you. You're if gonna I find hear that condom. If I find a condom in a couch, like I'm probably gonna take a minute to process it. But then, like, we get a knock, knock, knock from our friends. I'm like, we're not coming to dinner. Goodbye. And then, dinner like, is it, canceled. Is, it is all out there. Like, we're canceling I am not, tribal tonight. Yeah, I am not able to to handle myself with maturity in the way that Harper does. Um, no, there will be a tantrum, and it will be bad. Um, but I think how she, uh, I think how she handles it makes sense for the character. Like, it is brilliant writing, and I think it was absolutely how a character like Harper would just like kind of um like fall into themselves and try to deal with it internally and especially Amanda like she is so astute and like you said she just picks things apart and she wants to make sure she has the details mm -hmm. to try to catch him in a lie before she accuses him of anything yes and this is shout out to the Vanity Fair still watching pod which is um also covering the White Lotus I listened to that and one of the hosts pointed out that like She's a lawyer, right? So she has the evidence and she's going to get his testimony on the record before she shows her hand. And like, I think that that's very much what she did this episode. And from the perspective of getting a conviction and finding fault, I think that it's very savvy of her. But from the perspective of like, I'm having an emotional reaction and I need to understand what happened. I don't necessarily think that this is like the thing that's best for their relationship or the thing that's best for like what Harper's emotional needs are right now, but very, very believable in terms of who this character is. Yeah. And I love the setup for next episode, right? Where she just leaves the condom out on the sink countertop, like very much on display. Like there's, she leaves it in a place that he obviously is going to see it. Mm -hmm. And I think like the payoff to that is going to be really fun. I love that as like a television move. It's going to um, be excruciating, Jess. It's oh, I know. Yeah. I love the drama, Amanda. I love mm -hmm. the drama. And it's very dramatic. I um, couldn't yeah. help myself is what like I'm trying to think through like what Harper will i mean there is nothing to explain right because there's no world in which ethan will be like why did you handle it like this why did yeah, you the no, he the he's like oh not, really that's what you want to talk about but i love the idea of like she the 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 extent again of like the devastation that she couldn't even she couldn't even period right like the, for most even. of the day after she found out and all she could yeah. muster was unburying it and plate and moving it and placing it and then leaving it alone. Like I think that's and this, that makes and sense. I what I absolutely love about this show and um and this specific season of the show is we get the we can do these parallel storylines of Cameron and Daphne and Harper and Ethan and kind of um guess how they would react to these situations very differently, how these relationships are so different because Cameron and Daphne, we get like 
Daphne saying she knows he's cheated on her at least once. She suspects that he does it other times Mm -hmm. and how this is the game they play. She talks about the game where like he gets FOMO and I'm away from him and he doesn't like that, but I just do what I want. And when she returns, they're in bed. And again, they're very cuddly. They're very kissy. They're very like, never leave me again. Yeah. He says, never leave me again. And she goes, I won't. And he says, promise. And I'm like this, uh, it, I okay I love Theo James like he his butt is just like out of this world and I thought him and um the uh time traveler's wife he's brilliant um, yes can you be a, the official man butt correspondent for post show recap absolutely Coming I am, live I adore a man butt there's just nothing like it you know it's just like they, they love to show women's breasts on television but like mm-hmm. there's nothing like a man butt on your screen especially when you have like Lucia grabbing it you know what I mean like it's Listen, just great just for the record you are not alone on this hill. That's yes. I'm not. And they're always, I, I can imagine like being an actor and being like, oh my gosh, my butt is going to be seen on camera. Like I have to like primp it, you know, you got to like get it ready. <laughs> is that what they do? <laughs> what do you think they do? They, lose, they, they use like a lash curler, but like on the side. They like extra lotion that trainer. day. I'm just saying they have to get it ready for camera. Do your squats, people. <laughs> That's what it, yes, the squats. They definitely mm-hmm. do squats. Um, Incredible. I don't even know where I was, but it's like, oh, right. You Daphne got lost and, in the man butt. got lost in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a nice little pillow. Um. Anyway, so <laughs> Cameron oh, is yeah. truly a despicable human being, and he is so controlling and for him to say like never leave me again promise like is very very manipulative and Daphne is manipulative too like I think mm-hmm. they both play this game mm-hmm. but it disgusts me when he says never leave me again it's he's trying to do it in a very cutesy romantic way but it reads very controlling but that's what she wanted right she wanted to make him feel desperate for yeah. her so she left him um you so know he gets FOMO Dr. Amanda I and know. has severe abandonment issues <laughs> Uh, but but what but what's interesting about Daphne and it didn't really hit me until just now is potentially the sh- the other shoe dropping on the situation with Cameron and the money and like how fundamental that is how fundamental of a lie that is beyond what she has quote unquote forgiven him for him for before or like deluded herself a little bit before I think the I'm lying about how much money we have and also it's basically a Ponzi scheme seemingly right. Like as, as we, as much information as we've been given about yeah. that. Um, so yeah, it's going to, it's going to be a rough, right? it's going to be a rough, uh, a rough pill for her to swallow. So to yeah, speak. it's not confirmed yet exactly what Cameron's money situation is, but here in this episode, we know that he doesn't have all of the money to pay uh, Lucia and Mia. We also know that Daphne has gone on a shopping spree and Christmas is going to be molto Italiano. So she's probably <laughs> the, dark, the dark triad of Christmas. She's gonna she's probably spent a lot of that cash that maybe um Cameron is going to owe to Lucia. So um, yeah. you know, very I think that there's a lot being set up here and not just the condom wrapper. We have some other threads that are gonna pay yeah. off. In the upcoming episode, there's another plot line that we haven't touched on yet, Jess. And I really want to get your take on our new character this episode. We have enter Quentin. 
Um, Quentin and Mateo, we have our uh, British expat who befriends Tanya because she's just (laughs) so chic and fabulous. Most women look like they're going to a funeral on the beach. (laughs) Not not Tanya, never Tanya. Even when she was going to a funeral on the beach, she still looked fabulous. We saw her. Um, It's true. That's a good point. Are we like taking Quentin at face value? Like what is his interest in Tanya? Like, do we think that there's something else going on here or is he just like many of us are drawn to the unbelievable magnetism of Jennifer Coolidge? I truly think that he, based on what Jack has said, um, where Jack has said like, oh, my uncle just like loves to bring in old hags and like give them tea. <laughs> I, <laughs> not that Jennifer Coolidge is an old hag because she's gorgeous. Um, but I think this is just what he does. I view him as like a collector. Um, like he just, you see his friend group and he just, he just collects people into his entourage and then just wants to show them what like the places that he visits have to offer. But this is. This is White Lotus season two, and we know that sex and money are transactional, right? Mm-hmm. That like the people, the people, um, you know, traffic in their power and their influence and their money yes. and their stuff. So like, all right, we have Quentin's parties. We have his boat. We have his villa in Palermo. Um, we know why all of the cute guys in their little bathing suits are there. Maybe are these hag, old hags, as Jack would say, not my words, old hags. Is Quentin somehow defrauding these women? Like, I'm just wondering oh. if there could be some ulterior motive here. Like, we heard about, mm. you know, the European aristocrats who have, like, wonderful palazzos but no money. Like, could there be, like, some sort of money-making scheme? Like, why does he want all of Tanya's life story? Like, is he using information mm-hmm. here to somehow, to somehow defraud Tanya out of her fortune? Are we going to learn something about Jack and Quentin that makes them not just, like, the happy times, like, <sighs> you know, people who come in and give these two women a fabulously good time? Is there an ulterior motive? I do like the idea of we're so busy trying to pay attention to like Greg and figure out what's going on there that we like are paying less attention to this potential scam. Um, And now I'm like, Jack, be honest with Portia. Like I can see Jack being like, Portia, I have to tell you, this guy's a scam. I have to tell you about my uncle. We throw this, we throw the hags off of the island into (laughs) the rocks. It's a trap, isn't it? (laughs) It's a big scam, isn't it? Get, no. out, get out of the sandbox, Portia. Get out of the boat now. It's it's sinking, isn't it? We got to get out. Get your life jacket. I'm obsessed with Ariel's <laughs> Ariel, are you also, from Essex? Also, um, <laughs> is there a like? Okay, I saw one of the reviews that came in on the podcast was like, I need Ariel to sing the season two. Oh, song. Ariel, are you going to sing the season two? And let me song? tell you. Every time the theme song comes on, even though there's no words to it, I mean, mean, it's mostly just like, I don't know what it's called, but like, I I have to do it. Like, right. You have to sing along with it. (laughs) See, I do this. I do it differently than you do it. Was that vibrato? Is that what that That's more like the season one one. The season two one, I can't do this. I can't do the harp. I can't do a harp with my voice. It's too beautiful and hard. It's like, 
unhinged. I love it. <laughs> Fantastic <laughs> work. <laughs> Variety you. hour indeed. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> well, let's let's get into our death watch, aka yes. Greg lies speaking who dies. Of beauty. Speaking <laughs> of speaking of killing something beautiful, <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's get into death watch. Um, mm-hmm. so um, Jess, we've like invited all of our guests to speculate about who they think is the most danger here do you Mm -hmm. have any pet theories for who is going to be the dead body or bodies at the end of the b-o-d-y-s yeah i think i've definitely i think i've definitely uh had more theories now that especially after this episode with where we have this like house on this island that has like these massive cliffs and that and Mm -hmm. again the way that Mike White and just the cinematography of all the water, mm-hmm. the water being a character in and of itself in both seasons is like a great through line. And we're just seeing these waves crash up on this on this cliffside. I feel like whoever dies is going to die on this island. And now that we have Quentin inviting Tanya and Portia onto this island, I just feel like we're gonna get a large grouping of our characters on that island and that's where a death is going to happen and so my assumption would be it's not just going to be Tanya and Portia and that gaggle oh. of Quentin's guys but I also think we're going to end up having the father-son grandfather trio um along with Lucia and wow. Lucia and Maya on the island all together at the same time oh that would be super awk is this going to be like Valentina pulling an Armand and being like oh we already have a boat that's going there let's just <laughs> yes. I could totally see that happening because Lucia again again with um with her like I I couldn't I I Valentina killed me when she like obviously gives zero F's. She's really into Isabella and she's just like, oh, I don't know. There's some jewelry store. Just go walk and find it yourself. Like <laughs> giving me Friday and I don't give an F vibes. Mm-hmm. I love her. Yeah. You mentioned Dr. Mandy, you mentioned Armand and that was mm-hmm. very like the way he started to spin out at the end of episode, or excuse me, at the end of season one and her a little bit now like we have never seen her before be this outright rude to a guest Mm -hmm. um and well she did call tanya peppa pig she did but that was (laughs) listen she she invited she did look like right and she asked her what do i look like and valentina was just being honest so that was like an invitation to be honest uh and perhaps lost in translation but um you know, now I'm thinking of Armand because of what you just said. And I'm like, who is on the verge of like spinning out? Like, I'm worried. I don't know. I guess I guess about Harper as far as this episode. But like, mm-hmm. I'm trying to keep in mind, like the people that are getting more emotionally activated as as we get closer to the end that may like mm-hmm. cause emotional reactions. I don't know. I just. I know this like whole season is about like sex and power and money and all of that. And I just, in my heart of hearts, really hope it's not Lucia and Mia or like the two that I really hope are protected because I think this world is cruel enough um, to these types of people. And so I just hope that like, we're not going to be taking it out on them. Like if I had my pick, it'd be like Cameron a hundred percent, but I just don't think with the way we saw Daphne, like hopping and bopping on the beach, I just don't think it's going to be her or uh, a him. In that yeah. Instance. If you're like, if you're keeping your point total um, on your death card, I think that like the Lucia and Mia 
um, you know, reference to like women who do what we do, sex workers always get punished in the end. Yes. It's like that would be the thing in this episode that sort of leans towards like maybe they are actually in trouble. Now we know that like Mia has is potentially implicated in Giuseppe being, you know, hurt or maybe dead. So yeah. there is some danger still around these two characters. I actually have like a really sweet theory for something hmm. that could happen. I think that maybe what what do you guys think about this? Maybe Albie takes Lucia back to Los Angeles with him because Aww. going to Los Angeles has always been her dream. Uh. And then she's like, I won't go without Mia. And so they both get to go. And then she become Mia becomes a singer <sighs> and Lucy opens a shop. Wouldn't that be so sweet? It would, which is why I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> this is the only happy ending now that I see. This is the way forward. Yeah. Los Angeles is her dream. She said it twice. And that's where... Yeah. That's wow. where Albie See, lived. I didn't catch that first mm -hmm. or the second time. <laughs> yeah. Classic um, male me. I hope Greg comes back and hits him who's dead. So Greg could die. So we have one. So if we're going by Greg's timeline, I still think that it's possible Greg doesn't come back. This was the first day of Greg being gone, mm -hmm. correct? And then well, we have hmm. day two. We have one more episode without him. One more sure. episode where we definitely don't have Greg. And we think this episode is going to be um, Tanya and Portia on the boat. Um, the points for Portia, I'm sorry, for Tanya being the one to die are, um, you know, the tarot card reading about the crazy lady commits right. suicide. Um, you know, the reference to the old battle axe and a heap at the bottom of the rocks. We get that in this episode from um, Quentin. I think that now introducing Quentin into the equation and the possibility that there that he might be um, in on something nefarious is interesting. Um, so I can still see Tanya in the running as somebody who might die. I just don't, I'm wondering if like, we know we're getting a season three. I guess they didn't know that at the time, but I'm wondering like, is Jennifer Coolidge going to be the through line with all three seasons and that it's always Tanya going to different white lotuses? Yeah. And, and I actually don't love that. So I, so I think selfishly, I am actually really into the idea of her dying here and like it being like she's taking her off the board, taking her off the board. Exactly. Yeah, um, that's totally fair. Um, I don't think we need her anymore. I think we can go no. to another white Lotus. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. My mother. That's for me. I know. I'm sorry, mother. But like, I don't know if we need Tanya. See, Amanda, this is anymore. why she calls most women a drip. Because you're trying to kill her off. Oh, Everyone's trying to kill me or get my money. Everyone's so down and sand. Uh, poor Portia. <laughs> she really needs to get out of there. Um, we definitely got some imagery, I think, of Harper by the water and by the rocks, which made me concerned mm -hmm. for her safety as well. Yeah, I'm really concerned that something is going to happen where, like, she – her and Ethan don't resolve – the cheating situation and so she just assumes he did again uh cheating is all relative but like she assumes he had sex with someone else and therefore she then uh cheats on him right like there's been vibes between her and cameron mm -hmm. in different situations yes. right we have the whole again not to bring up theo james's butt again but 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 um but we uh we did see it and she did see it and there was mm -hmm. a moment where like bro why did you move to the middle of the room to get changed so she could see your nice butt like question mark so 
I think there should there could be like a scandalo uh between mm. all that. Scandalo. I love it. I yeah. love when you speak Italian to me, Jess. <laughs> um, <laughs> bonjour. No, that's French. <laughs> bonjour, no. Yeah, the Har- scandalo is Spanish. <laughs> Har- Harper and Cameron definitely exchange more like knowing glances with each other. There were a couple times in this episode. This wasn't um a big episode for the two of those characters together, but I think that they still maintain that through line of their being some sort of tension between the two of them. And I really like your theory, Jess, that maybe Harper is going to make an assumption that's going to give her the license to do something or she's going to want to take revenge on him. We know that Cameron, you know, has all of these issues and maybe he's going to try to, you know, for his own ego is going to need to feel like he has some power over Ethan. And that's why he's going to want to maybe make Ethan and Harper's relationship like as bad as he thinks his and Daphne's is or, you know, give take them down a notch because he knows that they're honest with each other and all of that. So I can see him sort of trying to piss all over something that Ethan has because that's what he needs to feel like the bigger man. Yeah, he's marking his territory. This is mine too like now, bro. On things, yeah. Mm-hmm. Although we know that Cameron is a big fan of bro code, Ariel. And bro code usually means you can't sleep with your bro's wife. I, I, I don't. <laughs> Are you familiar? Could you, Ariel, would you read from the bro code for us? Will you take <laughs> out your scroll of this? I have this bro, bro code, code Bible and it has been deconsecrated, but <laughs> it's still it still has rules about this kinds of thing uh no absolutely not i burned my copy um <laughs> i don't know i don't know what and i feel like it's changed a little bit there's like the mm-hmm. traditional bro code like the toxic traditional bro right. code and there's probably like a little bit more of like an updated bro code mm-hmm. like albie's uh, bro code bible is different from dominic's bro code bible is exactly, different from yeah exactly. this isn't your grandfather's bro code no okay? hopefully not this isn't bert's <laughs> This isn't Bert's Bible. <laughs> oh, um, well, that's great. Do you have any other theories, Jess, that we that we should entertain here before moving on to one of our favorite segments, which is F. Murray Abraham? <laughs> um, the only other thing I have my eye on is Rocco because oh. of how much uh, Valentina seems to despise Rocco. Um, he's automatically on my list of like, again, we, we saw him in the whole, um, death scandal. He's a, yeah, he remains alive in that opening scene. He's the one who tells Valentina that it's, um, some bodies. Yeah. There are some, some guests have died. <laughs> I just feel like between the Rocco Isabella Valentina storyline, like something is going to happen there because Valentina makes a point to be like, Isabella, if men can be aggressive and if they're being, you need to tell me like, is it like Valentina has like the cutest little crush on Isabella, which is problematic because she's her boss. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think there's something that's going to happen there where like Rocco is going to keep talking to Isabella and Valentina is going to have a big issue with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this probably won't go all the way in the Armand Dillon direction from last season. But of course, mm-hmm. once we see this sort of workplace, attraction um from a supervisor to an employee you have to think that there's going to be i mean i don't think that mike white's going to do the exact same thing but this has got to have some sort of payoff right 
you can't you can't just like poop in the suitcase two seasons in a row but yes i agree that there's gonna as be the age, and, as the adage goes i read that straight from the broco bible instead of jumping the shark you poop the suitcase, poop the suitcase. Did, oh my god did they just poop the suitcase <laughs> um, it honestly works it does work we can make it work um so we didn't get a lot of feedback, unfortunately, because we had to because of scheduling reasons, we had to record this one pretty, pretty uh, close to uh, the premiere of the episode. But uh, we did hear from our friend Lindsay Wilson, who said that watching this episode was among the most stressful 52 minutes of my life. <laughs> it depends if you like cringe TV, right? Right, right. Because Cl- literally the moment that Albie goes upstairs to the to Quentin's party and you mm-hmm. see him oh, and, and, yeah. and Portia's trying to make an excuse of like, no, Tanya needs me. I full on ahead hold, held my like um throw pillow up to my face and was like, no, it's so <laughs> awkward. Tanya needs me to drink rosé and flirt with this guy. <laughs> I am uh-huh. sorry. I can't leave. I sh- All she needed to say was, Albie, I'm so sorry, but he has a British accent. And shrug mm-hmm. her shoulders and move on. He's a Brit, in it? <laughs> it's a Brit, in it? Uh, but if you have if you have any feedback about my terrible accent or anything about <laughs> uh, the show, we do welcome it. Um, we also heard from Rachel, who was very sweet and complimentary. Uh, you two are hysterical and so on point. And oh. she was quick to, which we love. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank and you, uh, she helped me think of a sentence that I was trying to remember about causation and correlation. So thank you. We do appreciate uh, being corrected and uh, getting information thrown at us. Thrown at us. Shall we get into the game, Dr. Amanda? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, so, um, so my F. Murray Abraham triad. This is not. This may, maybe this is a dark triad. I don't know. I was thinking <laughs> we have we have some big secondary characters that are introduced in this episode um and i thought we could go or who who had big roles in this episode rather so my f murray abraham for the week jess is quentin jack and giuseppe oh okay i mean obviously i'm effing jack like there's literally no chance that i wouldn't pick jack for that like, have you seen like his cute Jack. underwear? I don't like Jack. I don't like. Him. I would. I would. He's sketchy, I mean, no, but he's cute. No, what? What? What do you pick, Eric? I was like, just once. Like, don't you marry? Don't you marry him so that he's around? I don't want to have the other two around. Wait, who is it? It's Quentin. No, Quentin. Quentin is rich. Uh, Quentin know. will treat me like a queen. Yeah. Plus, he's I mean, gay, so like you just you marry him for like the money and the prestige. Right. Yeah. I'm. I'm still wondering what what his ultimate what his he's ultimate. Got, he's got. He's got a villa. He's got a boat. Does we really Abraham? Matter? I think we we definitely Abraham Giuseppe, whether it's by pill or. Oh, he done been Abrahamed already. Yeah. You can try to f him, but he's not going to work out. Yeah. I don't need to go through all that work. I'm not running to the beach. Mm. I'm not running back. I'm not getting pills. <laughs> Really, truly, Mia tried. She tr- she ran she over tried her everywhere. Darling. Look, if Mia can't do it, I do not presume that I can, okay? <laughs> With that actual melodious voice and she can't handle mm-hmm. it, then mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what hope there is for the rest of us. 
Yeah, my final answer is F. Jack, Murray, uh, Quentin, and definitely Abraham Giuseppe, 100%. After that comment about, like, how else would you women get to the top without us men? Ooh. Like, get out of here, Giuseppe. Can we double? Can, can it be F. Murray, Abraham, Abraham, and we just double Abraham? Double Abraham. <laughs> double Abraham, yeah. I kind of wanted to Abraham Jack, but I feel like you're really backed into a corner then. Um, so mm -hmm. I think they just, I think, you made the right, I think you made the right move. Yeah, get you. They're trying to put your butt in a corner and like Amanda Giuseppe would never put on cute underwear for you. Like he literally <laughs> never would. I wouldn't want to see it, even if he did. I'm sorry. Just saying, to like, at least Jack is like skipo, skipo, skipo. Incredible stuff. Wow, I can't believe we're already there. Are only three episodes left. Oh, I'm so sad about what it. What are we gonna do? I don't know what I'm gonna do. Well, Do we're we gonna think... find out. We're gonna find out some mysteries. The answers uh -huh. to some of these mysteries. And we think, right? It it makes no sense that we're gonna find out the the identity of all the bodies. Maybe one in the in the in the penultimate, but like probably not till the finale. Right? Is when we get like the nitty gritty. Yeah, I think that things are gonna heat up. There'll probably be some more of these misdirects um, along the way. But I would be surprised if we lose any characters outright before the finale. We'll find out. Maybe we've lost Giuseppe, um, but you know he he made an impression while he was here. <laughs> I mean, Not a good he one. really did. He definitely made an impression on the floor when he fell onto it. <laughs> uh, table for four, please. <laughs> that was an incredible moment. Incredible moment. Sorry, I can't be bothered. Very Valentina. Of, that just uh, tells you all you need to know about Cameron, that like a man literally just falls on the floor and looks to be dying. And he's just like, um, we're here for dinner. The, the conversational equivalent of like stepping over the body, honestly. Mm -hmm. He probably had to do that, too, on the way to the table. Mm -hmm. um, well, thank you so, so much, Jess, for joining us to unpack everything with this episode. You've been absolutely incredible bringing all of your knowledge of love triangles and, <laughs> um, and the 90s shows to bear. Um, this has been so much fun. Nothing, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> nothing but the best from Jess. <laughs> I know. Now Whenever know. you see a butt on HBO, just know <laughs> that Sterling, there she is. There's the chest. <laughs> but yes, thank you so much, Jess, for coming on. Uh, please remember to subscribe to the White Lotus podcast feed. Um, PosherRecaps.com slash White Lotus. If you need the URL, search, rate, review, subscribe. Um, it's super, super helpful. Jess, where can people find you and where can people uh, search and review and rate other things that you're working on? Yes, you could find me on Twitter while it still exists at the Jess Sterling. I'll be wherever the next you know wave takes me whenever twitter goes <laughs> down um but the the main the main place you can always find me is in the poster recaps discord because i'm in there more than i'm in anywhere else on the internet uh you can become a patron posterrecaps.com slash patreon and join us there uh you could also hear me on the podcast for poster recaps for mythic quest we're covering season three with adam it's been so much fun i love mythic quest it is like a very underrated uh, sitcom on I gotta watch. It's I feel really like I get good vibes. I get good vibes. It's really good. It's short, very bingeable. Um, and so I'm loving podcasting about that. Um, as well as, of course, Community is back with season four, which is just a terrible season, but like.
like I'm loving podcasting about it. So mm-hmm. just join us in the misery because I really don't <laughs> like season four, but Josh seems to like it so far. So oh, at least no. Walt is loving it. Um, so join us there, of course. And then you could also hear me on Shit 90 Shows Taught Me, talking Dawson's Creek, talking Boy Meets World. I'll have you know Dawson lost his virginity recently, and we oh, had a field day talking about it. Um, James Vander, what? Yes. And like, whew, he was looking good. Like, I'm not usually like a big Dawson fan, but like, let me tell you, he was, he could get it. Um, so check yeah. us there. Uh, check us out there on Shit 90s Shows Taught Me. That's at Shit 90s Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And we have a website, shit90spod.com. If you want to go catch up on our backlog, it's almost Christmas season, baby. So we're going to be coming out with some holiday content. Mm. We love that. Dr. Amanda. You're on Twitter. I know you're looking for other, <laughs> other social media. How's that going? <laughs> um, you know, it's going. I've I've built my little outposts. I'm sort of like just waiting mm-hmm. so that I have them there if I need them. But right now, the best way to find me is on Twitter where I am at Dr. Amanda R. I'm also in the uh, Post Show Recaps Discord, and that doesn't seem to be going anywhere. Um, and, you know, until we meet on the next uh, dumpster fire of a social media website, I'll be <laughs> holding it down on Twitter. The next sinking ship. I uh, love to imagine, like, Amanda just, like, standing there with, like, a plate full of, like, welcome cookies on every, like, social media platform, like, just ready for the arrival. Like, dumping the one that so like no that's not it oh my god <laughs> amanda is rocco with the platter of champagne glasses it was too small that platter that's why mastodon hasn't taken off yet i rockoed it i uh i'm also on twitter at that other ariel speaking of ships i'm covering uh the creepy netflix show 1899 with uh my co-host grace and dm philly that's been super fun and also covering movies every week with Grace over on Posture Recaps Theater. Um, until, I guess that's everything, until the next operatic episode. Everyone, hold on to your butts as we get into the last <laughs> the last section of these episodes. I'm scared for everyone, but as usual, we will be back for episode five. Arrivederci. That's up for now. Bye.